Oh, hey, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Efficiency Bitch Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Leone. This podcast is dedicated to all the women out there who are aspiring to have a career while raising a family. And bitch? Well, that's more than a name and even an attitude. (laughs) We use it as an acronym. It's for bank, inbox, time, connection, and harmony. Each episode is labeled according to the correct topic so that you can efficiently find the topic that you're looking for. I'm here to tell you, you can have your cake and eat it too. The trick is finding efficient ways to get through the have-tos so that you can make room for your best life. I can show you how. Let's get started. Hey, Raya, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm obsessed with the name of your show and what you're about. So I'm really excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm glad you're here. I mean, today is a special day for me. As I was telling you before the recording, today is my book launch day, like the official day that the book is out into the world. I'm so excited to have you as the guest because we're definitely cut from the same plot, both because we're willing to put profanity on the cover of our books, but also... Both being business owners, mothers, we have a lot of similarities. So I really look forward to jumping into that. Why don't we start with an introduction? You are where you come from, how you do life. So my name is Raya Gonzalez and I am born and raised in Washington State. So I like to tell people that I'm moldy. That's how rainy I am. And I love it here. I don't know that I could live anywhere else just because of how beautiful it is. And just, I think the pace of life in terms of just like, the sogginess, the drippiness, it's all good. It's good stuff. I am a mom to three girls and I became a very young mom. And that has really informed my life because when you become a mom at 20 years old and you get married at 19, it really changes who you are. I'm the author too of Successfulest Book, A No BS Tale of Screwing Up and Succeeding Anyways. I love to swear. And I do it often. And I'm also an entrepreneur and many things, but mainly I just love to connect with people, to talk about real things, to let the mask fall and just to be vulnerable in a way that's not, that feels authentic and good and meets people where they are because everybody as very, I'm going to tell you my whole life story, but that might not be your comfort level. So just sit back, grab the popcorn, enjoy the juicy goss. It's going to be <laughs> fine. Like, it's not stuff really. One of the things that I talk about in my book is the invisible audience. And it came from a story with my 11 year old. She was 10 at the time. And she told me one day we were going to get the mail together. And she said, Mom, do you ever feel like people are watching you? And I was like, creepy, what? Right. Do you say don't do well? But she said, no, she always feels like there's an invisible audience watching her. And I had this moment of, oh my gosh, my child understands the pressure of society and am I good enough and the and all of the things that are weighing down. So I'd love for you to maybe talk to me a little bit about that and the how your book all came to be with a lot of those elements incorporated. Yeah, absolutely. First and foremost, and totally unrelated, but funny is it reminds me a little bit of when my niece was super tiny. Once my sister was sleeping, she opened her eyes and my niece is like right in her face. And she goes, mommy, is it creepy that I like to watch you sleep? (laughs) 
It is quippy. Um, it is quippy. It is. <laughs> and it is quippy that society likes to monitor and tell us how to live our lives. I think yeah. especially not to get all political, but like with the patriarchy and as women, like we have double layer of pressure to be under these gender norms and what success looks like for us and how we can obtain that. And it adds to this like push and pull of not enough too much, which Mm -hmm. is a big theme of the book. And I chose the title Successful as Fuck, not really knowing exactly what the in between the covers was going to be. But I just had this vision of I wanted something provocative that was going to stop people and say, whoa, what's that about? And either they're going to be, whoa, what's that about? I want to pick up this book that has the fuck word on it. Or they're going to be like, whoa, that's not for me. And that's okay too. But it really is breaking down that the invisible audience because I would like every listener to think about the last time that they felt successful as fuck. All nobody, not the most like successful people that I know from a traditional, a societal or from a non-traditional or unconventional way. Nobody allows themselves to feel successful. And there's, it's like, there's this ethereal definition of what success is, Mm -hmm. but it's never in our reach because the minute we obtain the thing that we think success is, it's not enough. And we have to go for the next thing. And then we obtain that. And then it's not enough. And we have to go for the same thing because it's empty that If we're going off of what people have, what we've absorbed, like maybe inadvertently absorbed or what we've been told is success, it's not what we internally checked ourselves and said, I'm going to feel good if I get there. Like this is going to feel really satisfying for me. And so you get there and you're like, this is it. This is the thing that's supposed to change my life and I'm supposed to feel good. That's not, it's very empty. It feels not great. And so successful as fuck, I like people a lot of times think that I'm cocky and that I think I'm successful as fuck. And they could see me right now. I'm literally in like a merch sweatshirt with like messy hair and no makeup. If that's success for you, then hell yeah, like I'm successful as fuck. But I have the daily waking up imposter syndrome of, oh shit, I have to talk to people. I love talking to people. But if I have to sell, attach money to my name, if I have to talk to somebody that I feel has more authority or notoriety than me or more education than me or more insert anything than me, then I feel inadequate. And and at the same time, I feel the same time I'm feeling not enough. I'm feeling too much. Yeah. I'm not having because I'm too much. Yeah. I've been having this exact same like back and forth emotions through this launch period, right? Like yeah. I thought I'd get this book done and I'd feel accomplished and successful and like ready to rock. But instead I want to crawl under my desk. There is okay. so terrifying about self-promotion. Yeah. And I felt super great promoting my business because it was we, I'm co-owner. And oh my God, yes. We built, we did it and we make mistakes and we are successful. But all of a sudden it's me and those are my ideas and mine was alone on that book. It is completely petrifying. And I don't know what exactly I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of people reading the words. I don't think so. And I have the podcast well, yes and no. constantly. Okay. So launch day for me, my book launched in September of 
if you're listening many years from now, September of 2022, I woke up on launch day and had a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Like a full on, my daughter had to go grab me a Xanax panic attack. Like, yeah. Yes. And I've been working on this for a year and I've shared pieces of this with people. And I had, I didn't allow any, because I was working with the publishing company, I didn't allow any full beta readers. Mm-hmm. I had people read pieces of it because I was working with so many different editors. But I knew that I was going to share very personal and very emotional parts of my life. I knew that I was doing that not to be salacious, but to connect and to show people like, even if you can't say this, or even if you haven't experienced this exact thing, what I'm about to share with you is something that you felt that there's something that broke you. And you had to look at things differently from that point. On. And I wanted to do it in a way that also elicited humor and a smile and could laugh at the dark stuff. Mm-hmm. And so there's so much pressure. And I didn't know, are they going to think I'm an egotistical maniac because mm-hmm. I wrote this book about my life? Is this going to resonate with people? Who the fuck is going to want to read this shit? All of this stuff. And then you your transcripts of my brain. And, you and it's like, it's all out in the world. And yeah. like, what if it flops? And then, so what if it flops? Okay, so I wrote it for me. It was healing for me. It was good for me. Yeah. I said that was the, for me, the metric of success. So then where is all of this coming from? Like, Jesus Christ, I literally wrote this book on this topic and I'm struggling with this. And so I think what it boils down to is just understanding that we are all humans. We're all going through this experience. Nobody is an expert. Nobody knows what the hell they're doing. And we're all going to have this imposter syndrome about things, right? Like we're all going to have this feeling. I would venture to say that even Steve Jobs woke up every once in a while and was like, who the fuck thought I could run Apple? Or Gary yeah. V. Gary V is, I, if I always say, if I could select a personality for myself, it would be the love child of Mel Robbins and Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> that would be the perfect personality for me. But like, even <laughs> he is going to say, I, he's going to r- bounce back, but even he's going to wake up and be like, oh, that sucked. You know what I mean? But then because he's so confident, he's going to say like, all right, what did I learn? Let's move forward because he's, inherently more of a risk taker. And so it's just a very personal way of expressing things. And writing a book is things, so many people want to do it. I think the stat, I'll get it wrong, but it's something like of the people who say they want to write a book, only 1% actually does it. That means we're one percenters, you know what I mean? Like the 1% that's crazy enough to do it or brave. Or all of the above. All of the above. Yeah. And it was an intense amount of work, too. It is. It is. But it's also so healing. And then I think, again, it's let's give voice to the people who don't have the desire or capacity to use their own voice. And what I'm sure you'll experience in the next few weeks or months, even the first day for me when I launched, I got these messages and right smack dab in the middle of the book, there's a chapter that's exceptionally raw, like really raw. And there's no trigger warnings needed or anything like that. But it's just, it's the like defining event that like broke me. And so many people would say, 
Jesus Christ, Raya, chapter five, what the fuck? I can't like, now I have to call out of work because I'm crying. And, and my book is not that long. It's actually pretty short. But when you hear people resonate with your word or they say, I felt that, but I've never been able to put the words to it. Or people that I didn't know had gone through the exact same thing. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, it's worth it. But again, it's like that, okay, 1%, right? That we finished it, but that we're waking up and having panic attacks and imposter syndrome and that we don't want to talk to people about it because we don't want to annoy them about our book. And we don't want to, we feel uncomfortable with promoting this thing that we worked so hard about because that is a measurement of success. But at the same time, there's this whole like, Am I being like, am I saying I'm successful as fuck because I wrote this book? Is that okay for me to Mm -hmm. claim that for myself? And also the like, literally you have a postpartum depression after releasing your book. Yes. Because there's all this buildup to like this baby and it's going to come. And then like you're getting ready and you're preparing the nursery and you're doing all these things. And then the baby's here and you're like, wow, I love it. It's beautiful. But like, why do I feel so empty? Totally. Why do I feel disconnected? This is supposed to be the most amazing thing of my life. And that relates not just to writing books. That's mm-hmm. so many things. Like that could be graduating with your degree. Founded with, is that the degree you actually wanted? Yeah. Or was that the degree that someone else wanted? Or did totally. you want to change your mind? but you didn't because it didn't feel safe or getting married or like a myriad of things, right? And it um, happens after the holidays. People oh have like God. the holiday yeah. hangovers all the time. And that post-event depression. Right? I didn't. Yes, I'm smack dab in the middle of starting those emotions too. <laughs> yeah, it's very normal. I just think that what we need to do in terms of success is first address the invisible audience. Apply who are the voices in our head? Are they specific people? Are they specific people? Are there family members or friends or previous employers or mentors or people at school or random ass people or Gary Vaynerchuk or like whatever it might be? Who are the voices that are behind your voice in your head? Who is I read something one time that people often post on social media. As if only five people are going to read it. Like you, everybody's read those posts for like, well, that was bizarre and super random. Like they're speaking to three or four people, but like 500 people can read their posts. And I get those feelings of that invisible audience. It's like five or six people and maybe a bunch of faceless strangers. But oftentimes both who is supporting us and who maybe is terrifying us. It's just a small group. And yes. if you can get outside of that, I remember when I was first launching my business, I had that exact same feeling. I've also been able to hide under the shadow of us and we with my partner and I having success or failure together. Um, but those feelings of that person's going to read that post and roll their eyes or this morning, like every one of my social media channels is blasting the book and the email and the, everything's going. And I'm like, terrified of four people rolling their eyes going, okay, Melissa, it's enough. I know. It's just, it's crazy how your mind can go there. But meanwhile, that means that people are texting me so excited 
And I'm worried about two or three people telling me that it's too much. Oh my God. And you know, what's funny that you say that because it just brought to mind, like maybe a week and a half or two weeks into the book being published, being on Amazon and Barnes Mm -hmm. & Noble and all that. Someone who I have no idea who this is. Okay, like this is just some random ass biatch and not an efficiency bitch. This is the, I imagine her to be some like, like bitter ass piece of poop person. But somebody posted a rating of my book with no explanation and gave me three stars. Mm -hmm. And I was like, listen, bitch, right? One star or five for me. Okay, like you loved it or it was crap. But like a three star with no explanation, you're yeah. not helping anyone understand if that's for them or not. And I'm offended. Like I should, it should be horrible to you or it should be like the best thing ever. That's yeah. in my mind, like the way I process it. And I obsessed about like that. That's the like invisible audience, right? Mm-hmm. That you're going to blend in and you're going to be invisible if yeah. you don't achieve these things. And yeah, that was just crazy for me because I'm like, who cares? Like in a year from now, God willing, there'll be bajillions of reviews and that three star will mean nothing. But, but it just really was offensive to me. And, and then it's okay. Why do I care so much? Like, why? What is this telling me? What is this informing me? Like, again, yeah. I wrote a book. Did that person write a book? I'm I successful. No, because that person. An author would never leave a three-star review with no explanation. Totally. We know how much it, how hard it is to get these yeah. reviews. And it, thanks. So if you're listening, go find our books and rate them. Do please do. And it means it, so much. Sincerely, like this is the thing too, because I really feel so strongly about my book. If somebody wanted to read my book and they like it's 4.99 on for on kindle and then it's available in paperback and hardback but if you can't afford the 4.99 please send me a dm go to ryagonzalez.com or find me on social media i will fucking give you a copy of my book not because it doesn't have value but because it has so much value and not because i want your review but i want your honest opinion i want to know what do you hate about it What Mm -hmm. do you love about it? Because if I'm making you feel, then I'm doing my job. And if I don't, I'm not offended either. I gave you a book and let you pass the time a little bit. But yeah, I think I think the whole concept, time, money, stereotypical success, it's something that we really struggle with and we really battle with in terms of allowing ourselves to embrace the awesome things that we do. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we get stuck there. Like I, in terms of like, being efficient. Let's just start there. Being efficient in the true sense of what people think efficiency is. Okay. Mm-hmm. I am neurodivergent. I am ADHD as well. Like I cannot time block if my life depended on it. Yeah. Like I can't even, I don't even know how to do like annual planning correctly. I don't even know how to do monthly planning correctly. I barely can stick to a content calendar. Like, I mean, I, and that's not to say that I'm not efficient. I just have to look at it differently. And I also have to surround myself with different types of people because I'm very aware of what makes me amazing. And I'm very aware of the ways that I need support to stay in my amazing. Mm -hmm. And so that is efficient. That is success. 
And but for some people, especially maybe in a professional setting or an entrepreneurial setting, they're going to say, well, I'm struggling to stick to my time blocking. So I'm not efficient and I'm not a success and I'm going to fail and like whatever. And that's just not true. You're just discovering this new side of who you are. And when you take that over into a personal setting too, it's like, it's the same thing. So maybe you don't fit into this mold. Maybe you don't make $500,000 a year or you're taking extravagant this or that where you don't even have an emergency savings yet. Are you thinking about it? Are you being thoughtful in what's important to you? Maybe this is the season where you are going to accrue some debt and you're like, okay, this is the reason why. And I'm going to make the best decisions that I can with what I have. And that is success, even Mm -hmm. though you're in the red. You know what I mean? That is success because you are aware and you are checking with your gut on what is important to you. And I think when you move it over to connection and balance and harmony in your life, I think it's so important to recognize that achievement, and this is a huge message that I'm trying to help people understand and also work daily with myself is I am actually not an expert. For a while I put, because I was just being sassy, I put unconventional success expert up on my LinkedIn. And then I was like, I like want to barf when I see that. But it was like a joke, (laughs) right? You know what I mean? Because I am an expert in nothing. Like I'm just a loud mouth who loves to have great conversation with people and knowledge and share what I have. But what I'm wrestling with and really learning is Success is going to happen in the here and the now. There's a chapter in my book called In the Middle where it really tackles the fact that we ignore what's happening in the here and the now. And we don't embrace the many wins that are happening every day. All of those are going to lead to the big win. And that's how you figure out what the big win is. Like what resonates with you? What brings you joy today? What like what? I got to spend four daughters with my four daughters. (laughs) I got to spend four days with my middle daughter and my other daughters this weekend. And my middle lives in California and I'm in Washington. And I didn't like part of the weekend. I didn't actually, I was feeling funky and I felt really guilty that I wasn't like all sunshiny, happy or whatever, because she's only here for four days. And then, but, but we got to do some fun things and we got to have some great moments and then. There's this tiny little moment where I took them to go and do like pottery painting stuff, like ceramics painting. And she's, what's going on with you? And I was like, I'm just, I'm not feeling good. Meaning emotionally, I'm not Mm -hmm. feeling good. And she's like, okay. And I was like, but I'm going to give it everything I've got. Like I'm here. Like, and I love you and it has nothing to do with you. And, and so this is what I got right now. She was like, okay, that people is a mother fucking win. It's a success. (laughs) Like I, first of all, even though I didn't feel good, I went and did something that was loving and kind and meaningful to other people. I also honored myself this weekend. It took time to retreat and to rest. And then when someone like calls me out on it, so to speak, I was honest. I said, I don't feel good, but I'm here 
and it's not about you. And like, I, you're good. I'm happy with you. I'm just like having this internal thing. And I yeah. didn't trauma them either, which I can do. Totally. So that's, those are many successes that we need to really hone in and focus on. Yeah. Because we otherwise get lost in looking for the big success. I totally agree. And you can leave out with one final thought on success and the lessons that you've learned through writing your books, through building your business. What is one maybe seed that you would plant? I want everyone to know that they are weird and their flavor of weird is exactly right. Totally. I want everyone to know that they are wonderful and that whatever they bring to the table, it's enough. Like literally, please take a sticky note or something. And it makes me like emotional, but please tell yourself today in the mirror or on a sticky or whatever, it's enough. I'm enough. This is enough. My contribution is enough. Because the invisible audience will tell you differently and they are liars. Like you are enough. Yes, I love that. I think it's really powerful. I just... It's amazing to me how we all need the same sticky note. Like that's how messed up media and culture and society can have us on millions of people that we all need the same damn sticky note, right? Yes. It's, it's really crazy. Yes. Right, where can the audience find your book? Where can they learn more about you? How can they get in touch? Yes. The best place as a hub is RayaGonzalez.com. Of course, I'm on all of the socials, but you can also find the, your prep platform of preference there. I am opening a community that is free, which you can sign up for on my website as well. And there we're going to dive more into just connecting with each other and having more of these real conversations and having fun. Let's just, what are your weird wins? What are, you, what are the cool it. things that are happening for you? And yeah, I do answer all my messages. I really do want to make friends and talk about real things with people. If you need an encouraging word or you need someone to sob on, I'm your gal. So good, Ryan. Thank you so very much. I'm so glad it was you today. I needed to hear this message and hopefully other people out there have got as much as I did. Thank you so much. It was an honor. Well, that wraps it up. Thank you so much for listening. If you're new around here, please be sure to leave us a review on any podcast platform you're listening to. And you can always reach out to me to let me know what topics you're interested in hearing about or maybe telling me someone you think would be great for the show. Either way, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at EfficiencyBee. Until next time, see ya.